Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply is Chicago Bullsing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network. So wherever you're rating, there, wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the bell, give us a thumbs up and leave some comments down below. And uh, apologies for that intro, but I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm not too bad. How are you? Tired. Um, Standard. A little, a little emotional, but also a little numb. Uh, okay. As my little thing says, wherever it is, there. Yes. Because I've just become numb to what is Chicago Bulls at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough times. Yeah. So... This episode, we've kind of, well, put out at the last, sort of, not at the last minute, but it was a, a last minute decision to, to go tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, we weren't sure whether it was going to be tonight or tomorrow night. And then um, uh, I kind of probably moved the goalposts quite late in the day. Yeah. And so I didn't go me, tonight. Hence me tripping over my words in the introduction. Um, yeah, blame me. It's fine. I can take <laughs> it. So, yeah, obviously, since our last episode, uh, Bulls have had two games and another two losses. Yeah, we did our predictions back end last week to cover them two games. I predicted two L's. I think you said we'd split them, mm-hmm. taking the win against the Nets. But yeah. as it was in the in-season tournament game on Friday, we lost one twenty-one, one hundred eight to the Toronto Raptors. Same old story. Slow Same start. Story. And to be fair, it was the first quarter that did it. We just didn't didn't recover. We lost the first quarter 36-22. At one point, I mean obviously that's only 14 points, but at one point it was 15. So that standard 15-point head start that we, we like to give teams. Mm-hmm. Second quarter, tied it 26-26. Third quarter we lost thirty-one twenty-nine, and then the fourth quarter we lost uh, we won sorry thirty-one twenty-eight. So apart from that first quarter, pretty even, mm-hmm. especially when you look at all the other stats as well. I mean, from three points, uh, we hit twelve of twenty-seven, they hit thirteen of thirty-nine. Free throws is where seemingly we didn't do so well. In twelve of nineteen, they hit. 20 of 27 uh, assists they got 32 we got 20 and rebounds they out rebounded us 40 37 field goals they hit 44 whereas we hit 42 and there was they attempted one more than us so yeah when you look at that pretty even game apart from that well first quarter. yeah <laughs> yeah apart from the first quarter but it, again, it, it's one of those ones where if, if you just look at the box score, if you just look at the stats, it doesn't look too bad. But yeah. when you actually see it on the floor, it paints a very, very different picture. And um, it was yet another game that was frustrating to watch, but it certainly frustrated the living hell out of DeMar on the floor as well. Yeah, obviously ejected with, what, about two seconds to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, um he he was getting 
very frustrated with the refs and I think he potentially had a fair point. I, I don't think the officiating was particularly strong in the game. Um, so it definitely resulted in frustration, that and the fact that the Bulls found themselves in the same hole, trying to climb out of it again for the whole game. Yeah, I mean, what did we end up with? Three techs in that? I mean, one of them was a flop on Javon Carter, which yeah. Siakam had been doing all night and yeah. nothing was called. But look, you can't blame the refs in a game where you're not even <laughs> no. in it. Um, no. you know, It just adds to calls. the frustration, doesn't it? It just adds to the frustration yeah. for the players when they're in it. But the fact of the matter is that they dug the hole. The ref, yeah. the referees did not dig the hole. They just added to their the annoyance for the players that they were already feeling, which was dealt at their own hand. That was their own making. Yeah, I mean, there was that I said about. I hope Bulls watched that little clip back of Demar getting ejected because of Scotty Barnes doing his YMCA mm -hmm. impression or whatever it was he was doing. Um, you know, basically dancing around behind the ref, wasn't he? doing mm -hmm. the whole ejecting yeah. you know and look i've got nothing against sort of like, as i said before about against raptors but there was a, just a lot of i don't know what's the word so shit housery, i guess in yeah. that and scotty barnes was the one who was constantly clapping and and it's kind of like you're not fantastic yourself so don't you know and hopefully, Demar looks at it next time we face Raptors. Just goes out and absolutely schools Scotty Barnes and teaches him a lesson. Yes, I or so. somebody does on the Bulls team. Not that I have any faith in them doing that whatsoever. Uh, obviously, in that game, individual-wise, Zach went for thirty-six points mm -hmm. in a loss. Zach looked Zach looked good, but. Zach often looks good and the team doesn't win. Um, yeah. It's good to see Zach kind of engaged again because, as you know, I'm, I've been getting fairly frustrated with Zach. And, you know, it, it's not that I blame Zach for everything that we're going through because I don't. Uh, there is no singular finger to be pointed at any one person or any one thing or any one scheme. It's, it's just this complete, grouping of issues that it, it doesn't matter what part of the game or the team that you try to break down and analyze everything is flawed yeah everything from top to bottom yeah and i mean again in that game vooch bad game nine points uh eight rebounds five assists one steal mm -hmm. for you starting big that's not a great stat line at all. And it, and like you say, you look at the box score and it's bad. You watch the game, it's even worse. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the worrying thing with Vooch at the minute because, I mean, obviously we'll talk about the next game in a minute, but it's just becoming a bit too constant at the minute with Vooch. Yeah, it really yeah, is. And, and it's... When you're looking to Vooch to be that guy and he's not that guy, no. it just adds to the problems that we've got with this team. 
Uh, P. Will had a pretty decent game. 12 points. Yep. Five rebounds, one assist, one steal, two or two from three. I think one of his threes was in garbage time. And to be honest, at that point, I couldn't even be bothered asking you to say it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, last night, we faced the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. And we fell to 118-109 loss. But it was different, right? Yeah, we, f- <laughs> we flipped the script. We come out hot. Very hot. Man, it was... It was for that first quarter... It was exciting, it was enjoyable, but it also had this dark looming cloud <laughs> where you just felt this is not sustainable. No. And unfortunately, um, they proved us right in a massive but, way. Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year time and time again, didn't we, where we'd race out into these big leads. Yeah. And then we'd just let the team just claw back, claw back, claw back. And... Again, it was a game where Vooch should have dominated because mm-hmm. they didn't have a legit big. No. and He should have I mean, feasted all night long. Yeah. You know, their game was played outside of the paint, which should have allowed Bulls to utilise their game in the paint, and we just didn't. I mean, Vooch ended up with six points, nine rebounds, five assists, one steal. And I've just seen something that apparently it's the first time he's scored less than double digits since in back-to-back games since 2016. Wow. And, you know, that, <laughs> like I've just said, it's adding to the problems. So I have a question for you, right? Because, I mean, I've, I've seen this as kind of on the, on the socials as well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it to you. Do you think it's because... Vooch is at the stage of his career where he's in decline and we're seeing his regression or do you think it's in his head and he's just not engaged probably a bit of both mm-hmm. I think he worked to get his contract obviously he could say that going to FIBA World Cup was a bad choice you know but you know because it, it was extra games that as you're getting older, you don't maybe don't need, especially when you haven't played in it for four years, you know, representing yeah. the country for four years, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is he's checked out. Um, you know, and the fact that he's checked out, Zach looks checked out, you know, it's just... I think we spoke about it before. The two of the longest tenured players on the team mm-hmm. now. Obviously, well, Zach's the longest tenured, and Vooch is what third, fourth now. Um, and it's just—it's not working, is it? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, we always say about Vooch being a double-double king or machine, whatever you want to call him. Yet he's not—not <laughs> not at the minute. And I mean, obviously, just going back to last night's game, obviously, we raced into that big lead in in the first. Obviously, we won the first 36-19. Um, and then, yeah, it just went to shit. Because, Absolutely. I mean, that first quarter, we hit eight 
three pointers in the game. We hit twelve. Yep. Nets couldn't hit anything in that first, and then all of a sudden they went off to hit twenty-five of fifty-three threes. Which now you have to respect that as well, but at yeah. the same time, if there was more pressure and more of a closeout put on them, perhaps they wouldn't have hit quite so many. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like everyone says that this defense is solid that we've got. But it's not how many, what, you know, the way we play de like defense, we're leaving wide open shooters all the time. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for Bulls, not everybody's going to shoot as bad as Bulls do. Because yeah. every other team's like a legit NBA team with legit NBA shooters. And, you know, we'll relying on them to miss is just, it's not successful. It's a dangerous game dangerous game to play and yeah I, I think what you were saying there i completely agree with you i think that i think that the chicago bulls are chicago chicago bulls <laughs> are um are a strong defensive team on interior defense yeah but the problem is they can't i mean how many times have we been saying this they can't defend the three ball and the yeah. problem is that the vast majority of teams in the nba now live and die by the three so if you're leaving teams outside and they're getting hot like the Nets did last night, you're going to get toasted big time. And and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and how many times do I put in the live thread, score a three, give a three? Right, exactly. Because yeah. we'll go down and you, you think, finally, Kobe's hit a three or Zach's hit a three. Yeah. Next play down, they've got that three points back. So it's all well and good us hitting threes, but if we can't stop them, we're not going to win games. And... Um, again, when you look through the stats, apart from that three-point stat, it was pretty close in in yeah. terms of team stats. You know, like we out-rebounded them. Um, you know, right, they out-assisted us. Free throws, we got more than them. Um, it was like I said, it was uh, field goals in general. We hit forty of eighty-three. They hit forty-one of eighty-three. It was just that three-point, like disparity again. You know, twelve from yeah. us of thirty-two, twenty-five of fifty-three. So they nearly hit as many as we took. In which, <laughs> it's not recipe for a win. That is it. No, um, as has been paraded around by people, it's a math problem. And yeah, when you when you look at it like that, <coughs> it is quite simply a math problem. Um, yeah, it's plain and simple. I mean, the bench was shocking again. Um, yeah. We got 13 points from our bench, and obviously, we did go into this game without Caruso as well, who yeah. we've now broken. Well, it was actually Kobe that broke him, wasn't it? Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, just one of them freak sort of things on it. Stood stood on his foot. Yeah, Caruso yeah. sat the rest of the game, and. The bench seems to be struggling since Caruso went into that starting lineup slash six games. Yeah. You know, and it's just yeah. I mean, individual wise, Demar, twenty seven points, six rebounds, six assists, one steal. You know, he was trying. Oh, he was. Yeah, you know. Um P Will, your guy. Showed up last night, didn't he? Apart from that one crazy turnover where he just 
Well, don't don't like him dribbling. No, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like it's like I kind of said on the live thread messing last night. He needs to stop using the hand lotion before he walks on the court because <laughs> his his hands are just. I don't know. I mean, he has hands like shovels, right? He should be able to grab the ball and completely get a good, decent, firm grip on the ball. I mean, almost touching thumbs and fingers around the bloody thing. But he seems to get it, and it pops out of his hands like soap in a shower. It just, boom, and it's gone. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't understand it. And, and it's the same yeah. when he's going for the dunks. You know, he we, we all know he blows a lot of dunks, right? And I think part of the reason why he blows the dunks is because he goes for a lot of them one-handed. And he doesn't seem to have a good grip on the ball. If he went up two-handed, was more than capable of dunking it with two hands. If he went up for two-handed dunks more often, I think a few more of those would go in as well. But that's, I digress. Yeah. And I mean, he finished with 20 points, four rebounds, and he was four or five from three. Mm-hmm. And Plenty of those rainbows obviously, last night. <laughs> obviously, he was back in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to get that sort of a performance out of him, by the turnovers and the missed dunks and stuff like that. Yeah. I'd quite happily have him back in that starting lineup to allow Caruso to control that second unit. Yeah. Because that's when... Yeah, because to me, that's when we've looked at our best when Caruso's in that second unit, as we've said all along. Yeah. Um, Obviously, last night as well, Kobe, 23 points, five rebounds, four assists. And the last four games, I'd say, Kobe's been... Our standout player, yeah, he's um, shooting the ball a lot better, yeah. So, yeah, there's that's it, two more losses, <laughs> but at least the second one was different, yeah. New ways to lose. <laughs> so, I don't know if you've got anything else on, on last night's game or Raptors game. Uh... I, I don't know. I, I mean, we had the towel ripping incident as well with Demar, which maybe is worth a min- mention. Seems to be his go-to when he's frustrated, <laughs> doesn't it? You, you catch yeah. him on the sideline ripping a towel in half. Um, he's obviously showing signs of frustration. And just to roll back a little bit on what you were saying about Vooch, you know, Vooch played well last year and played in all 82 games, as we know, was averaging double-doubles for the season. Is it not a massive concern that he was able to do that in a contract season, as many players do? And now first year of his extension um, and he's disappeared. For me, that doesn't point so much towards regression. That points to he's got what he wanted and now his heart's not in it. Yeah. And that's that's a real concern because... As you know, as everyone that listens know, one of our first episodes this season was about being on the Vooch train and we were back in Vooch. And I've kind of always backed Vooch more often than I've not backed Vooch. But he's a major concern for me right now. I mean, the guy has just disappeared. Um, mm. yeah, that's about it, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is... <laughs> I mean, we're obviously struggling for well, how to put things into words with this Bulls team, and uh, it's that's just why... so bad. It's just so bad. It's hard. Yeah, 
and it just doesn't seem like there's any sort of a solution and uh, kind of takes us into our, our next segment pretty nicely because like I say we're struggling to put things into words struggling to I don't know, come up with any kind of solutions so mm. we decided to open the mailbag and as expected it's uh, there's a pretty constant theme throughout yeah. most people's questions uh, we have just had another one just come in just as we've started recording as well so okay some are a bit more long-winded than others but um i'll start with the ones that we had in our um facebook group uh if you're not in it it's on facebook go join it yeah there was one there was... More <laughs> yeah now there was one from your alter ego nigel yes um you don't have to read it. that one if you don't want to that was more <laughs> was... just a venting session <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh there was one from brett uh and it is put and like I said, it's quite a long-winded one. Um, less a question, more a comment. There is more than one thing wrong with this team, so it would be wrong to single out any one person or group. I said in my season preview article, which is available on cereduk.com, uh, that Billy Donovan is still coaching a system that belongs in 2016, but the composition of the roster also needs to be more balanced, and that's on, a, on Acme. That being said, the Bulls have some all-star caliber players alongside some solid role players and they aren't playing well together as a team. There are veteran players on that roster and at some point they have to step up, take responsibility and play the part in resolving this mess. That arguably all comes back to coaching though. If Acme did get rid of Donovan, who do they replace him with? Who is available that is going to come in and improve this team's win-loss record? There's an argument that a lot of the blame lays at Agni's door. They've had nearly four years at this point to get the house in order, and what we instead have is a fundamentally unbalanced guard-heavy roster and a coach who is still playing small ball in a league where multiple teams are playing with multiple bigs on the floor together and all the MVP candidates are seven foot. If the Reinsdorfs go root and branch and replace front office again too, who is going to want to take on the Bulls project? So yeah, like I say, not so much a question, but I think a lot of what he said is we've kind of said in different episodes as well, you know, like roster construction, yeah, um, all-star players, not been all-star players, the veterans not playing as well as they could, mm-hmm. and the young players either not getting a chance or not stepping up, basically. Yeah. Um, now a few of the points what he says do come up in other questions and it seems very Billy Donovan heavy um, it really does so I'll wait until we ask a couple more of the questions especially about Billy before we get on to Billy mm-hmm. um, and the next question comes from Kevin Parsons is it hey, time Kev. to <laughs> is it time to cut ties with Levine and rebuild Good teams require heart, talent, and chemistry. Which of these, which of these, do Bulls need to add the most? So mm. I'll throw that one to you to start with. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
first and foremost, Zach is Zach is going. I mean, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this stage. Um, as for the the three aspects, what was it? Heart, talent, and uh, heart, talent, and chemistry. Heart, talent, and chemistry. Right. Okay. Well, I don't think this team is necessarily devoid of talent. Um, I think it's seriously lacking floor chemistry. They seem to have good chemistry off the court, but it doesn't seem to transfer onto the court. And and I don't know why. And we've I think we spoke about this on the last episode. I don't really understand why it's not working and why it's not gelling on the floor. But for me, of those three things, purely because they have the chemistry off the floor and somehow it needs to find its way onto the floor for this to work. And they have the talent. For me, the one thing that's seriously lacking, and you can see it in a lot of the players, particularly the players that that we need to step up the most, the heart isn't there. It isn't in it. And for me, if the heart was there, then there'd be a lot more fight about this team. And the fight's gone. The drive is gone. So for me, if I could inject any of those three things into this team, the first choice for me would be heart. Um because I think if they played with more heart, they might get a few more wins. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, with Zach, he's pretty much gone. Mm. Um, rebuild, who knows? Maybe as long as there's some sort of change, which will yeah. come with Zach going, obviously. Yeah. And as you say, you know, the heart, talent and chemistry bit, the fact that, to me, our best two players this season so far are Caruso and Kobe. They're the two that are playing with the most heart. They're the ones mm-hmm. that are constantly putting their body on the line to take charges, to you know, do whatever it is to basically win games. And when you've only got two players and one's not constantly out injured, but you're constantly worried about his injuries, that's that's a problem in itself, you know. Now, Damar plays, I wouldn't say with heart, but he plays with a desire to win. Yeah. And that's slightly different to to playing with heart, basically. You know, he, he wants to win. We know that. But his frustration gets the better of him. And that's when he starts missing his shots. I mean, we saw in the next game last night, the ISO Damar come back. And mm-hmm. that's a problem with Bulls. In general, and uh, something that I was meant to mention is that when it's not working, we resolve back to what we know, and that is ISO Demar. Yeah. So, uh, next question comes from Gary, and it's always a worry when Gary <laughs> drops us a question. <laughs> um, if you know, you know. But I was quite shocked at his uh, his question actually, and I did tell him that. Is but spent the afternoon trying to think of a question that isn't the same overall question. If we have been paying attention, we can all see here and know as a franchise we are. Every question will be something similar. We are in deep, we have no real draft, the young players have no time, the vets are failing, and we all know who owns this team. My question is going forward, what one thing would you change with the current? whatever the hell this is group <laughs> what would you what would keep 
you getting up for the late slash early tips? What adjustment to the roster or coaching staff would get you back on the train and this team back in the race? Everything is not the answer. We are between shit and a shit place. So like balls, what would be the one move to shake it up and get it back? But yeah, a bit around the houses to ask the same question, but that's that's Gary. <laughs> um, basically, what what I'm taking from that is what one move do you want to see that gets pulls you back in? I guess it's, it's a really tough one to to give a blanket answer to, um, especially for me who likes to talk too much. Um, I don't think there is any one move that's going to rectify or right the ship. And that's the problem. The problem is that it, it's inherently broken from top to bottom. The, the core is, is, is rotten all the way through right now. And so, I mean, there's a lot of people saying that Billy is not getting the most out of and a lot of people are attacking Billy and going at Billy and, and look I'm not trying to say that that's not a fair argument or anything but I mean a coach's job is to take each player and treat them like a sponge right you fill them with as much information as you can and you hope they absorb it and then in turn you squeeze every drop out of them that you possibly can to get the best out of your player just like you would with a sponge the problem is you know, if the sponge is dry and you've run out of water, you get nothing either way. You can squeeze a dry sponge, you'll get nothing out of it. And if you've got no water to pour into the sponge, if it's all gone, then there's nothing to be absorbed. Everything falls apart. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now. So I wouldn't put the blame necessarily 100% on Billy. I'm not absolving him from blame either because I think he has completely run out of ideas with what he has to deal with. And what he has in front of him. Um, I think Acme obviously need to prove themselves. Changing them. There's people shouting for the front office to be changed. Listen, that ain't happening, okay? So you can all just jump off the, the get rid of Acme train right now. Because I can guarantee you Jerry is not going to get rid of Acme. It, it took him way too long to get rid of the, the last front office. There's no way he's going to jump ship that quickly this time. Um, I think Billy is here to stay. Casey Johnson reported that earlier on today as well. Billy's not going anywhere. So it has to come from, from the squad. It has to come from the players. We know the change is coming with, with uh, Zach. And I think for me, what we do with Zach is going to be that change. It's going to be that first change that gives us some sort of direction again. And that's what we need right now. That's what I need now to keep me interested and invested as I need direction. I need change. I need to see something happening. And, and I know I just have to be patient because like we've said, it's not going to happen overnight. And we said that from the very beginning when Zach said he wanted a trade or when the news broke about a trade being on the cards, but I'm holding out for that. I think I said that to you last night or today as well. We need to hang in to see once the trade happens and what follows that before we completely and utterly shut the door on this team, because um, that's that's got to be what happens. That's for me the change, the first the first step. So Zach is the thing I need to see happen first, and then we'll we'll worry about the rest of it as it falls in behind it. Straight yeah. answer, two words. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> well, yeah, to be fair, I agree with what you just said. Um, That's handy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's got the first move is has got to be the Zach trade, but it's got to be the right trade as well. And that's, to me, that's the most important thing because I want to see that change and I want to see the Zach thing just over and done with. Mm. But I want to see it benefit Bulls. And if it doesn't benefit Bulls and we just end up coming out of it looking the same, if not worse, that's not enough, is it? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's just, you might as well have not done it, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the one that's the question that's just come in has come from Stuart. And apologies, I don't know if it's Smith or Smythe. It's spelt Smythe, but could be Smith. Uh, Aussie Stew, as he's known on Twitter, but this is in the Facebook group. Uh, how likely do you feel it is that AK's asking price is still too high for Zach, and we'll end up having him stay all season while the ship sinks? Also. And this is as you just said, with Casey Johnson reporting that Billy's job is 100% safe and him having previously walked away from a rebuilding situation, does this increase the likelihood that if slash when Zach gets traded, it won't be for draft picks and possibly a solid young player, but for more win-now role player depth? Uh, yeah, obviously that's the first one that kind of touches on Billy in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, people are going to start dragging up stuff from the past when it comes to this sort of situation, and obviously, yeah. nobody really knows the full ins and outs of what happened at OKC. Why Billy left? Apparently, it was a mutual decision. Was it more that they wanted rid of him? He wanted out because he didn't want to go through that rebuild, or what? Oh, everyone says that Billy's a player's coach. But they also say that he doesn't develop players. Mm. So, obviously, the question about the Zach trade, they've set the, they seem to have set the, the price of the, the young player, was it two first-round picks and a, a vet to fill out the, the salary, basically. Now, if we're going to keep Billy, which obviously we'll get onto in a minute, that young player, we might as well not get him. And as for the draft picks, don't interest me anyway. Do you know what I mean? If we trade to the wrong team, them draft picks are going to be late first. And I don't trust AK to draft well anyway, Mm. let alone Billy to actually use them when we do get them. Or the player. So, yeah, you just you just, you just don't know with what the what's going on, do we? You know, um, no. that's the price that AK or Acme have set. Doesn't seem to fit with what Billy likes to do. So, that goes back to what I've just said with Gary's question: Are we going to end up making a trade? just for making a trade sake, basically, because Zach doesn't want to be here. You know, so we're, 
where do you stand on it? Yeah, I think that no matter where you try and slice it, Zach is Zach is out the door. Um, yeah. I know there's some people beginning to say, you know, because he's off the back of a couple of good performances or good scoring performances at least. Um, maybe we could keep Zach. Maybe we could turn him around and make him decide to stay. And I, I don't think so. I think once he once he's gone to his agent and his agent being who his agent is, um, that ball is that ball is rolling down the hill and there's no way you can stop it. Uh, you're not going to get out in front of it. He's out the door, right? So the question is, as you say who for and who with and I, I i said this when it first came out about zach looking for a trade i don't think there's going to be any winners in a trade for zach right now i don't think the bulls are going to benefit enough and i don't think the team that zach goes to is going to benefit enough so i, I don't really know <laughs> is the honest answer um <laughs> I don't really know. I, I mean, if they, we know, like you say, we know the asking price, we know the set asking price, but I think the Bulls are potentially going to have to come down from that uh, to some extent. So the big question is going to be, what do we end up with? And like you say, will it be for a win-now mentality? Or like the question said, a, a win-now mentality? Or will it be to build? Yeah. And that's the whole point I was making about we need to see what happens with this trade because... As soon as we see what happens with this Zach trade, we have a direction. We then have a better picture and a better idea of what this front office are planning on doing. Because at the moment, we're all left guessing. And and that's kind of the way that Acme operate anyway. They like to keep everybody guessing, as we know. But until they make that move, we don't know, are we looking at a rebuild or a retooling, as they like to, to phrase it. Yeah, so I know we had a, another question on Messenger, uh, mm -hmm. which you've got before I do. we go on to the ones on Twitter. Okay, so this came from Reese Taylor, who's uh, very active on, on the group. Um, new to the Bulls, uh, all I can do is apologise that you ended <laughs> up getting drawn into this team in its current, current state. But um, Reese asked me, basically, if we rebuild fully or partly in this trade, meaning the Zach trade, or next summer, how long before we can realistically expect to be good again? Or could we easily end up being the Pistons or the Wizards for a bit? Uh, he then went on to say that he he thinks we end up like the Pistons, but they beat us. <laughs> so, um, yeah, go on. I'll let you, I'll let you jump on that one. Um, well, what I'd say is there's only two teams worse than us in the East at the minute. And that is Pistons and the Wizards. Um, right. Looking at them two teams, I prefer the future that Pistons have got. There's a lot of Definitely. players on that team I'd quite happily trade Zach for. Mm -hmm. um, it's impossible saying it how long until we're good <laughs> because we don't know what the trade's going to be. You know, you could get a player in that just fits Chicago you know yeah. obviously some of the trades that have been thrown around like obviously going back to the last season is RJ Barrett not a player I particularly want but who's to say he doesn't come in and become an all-star in Chicago mm -hmm. you know I'm not saying he's going to but 
so you just don't know and we kind of thought we were going to be good when AK made all of these moves in the first place bringing in Demar, Caruso Lonzo mm-hmm. Vooch I guess so <laughs> you know it. I think it all falls on Acme and making the right moves but also been quick enough to move off them when they're clearly not working rather than this three years of continuity mm-hmm. yeah and that that picture that's been painted by the uh, the continuity thread and uh, and their willingness to hold on to it against all odds doesn't exactly paint a good picture going forward um in regards to whether or not they are prepared to make dynamic changes and and go for a different direction if this direction isn't working or take another side step and go again it doesn't seem to be the way they do it they seem to uh, kind of like jerry reinsdorf does invest and over invest and stay invested too long and uh, unfortunately that's looking like the way it could play out but again like you said it's very much a case of if they make a move and it works and it fits mm. it, it could happen quite quickly i mean it's all about fit for players right i mean we have one prime example that came out of chicago in fact two prime examples that came out of chicago that i can think of very quickly off the top of my head the more recent one being lowry you know he didn't fit in chicago it didn't work for him he went to Cavs, improved slightly he went to jazz and and now he's an all-star he's playing fantastic down there so it was all about his fit in that team and going back a little bit further jimmy butler is another one you know i know you don't like to talk about jimmy but <laughs> the guy has talent okay <laughs> whether you like it or not and he went to to miami having went to Minnesota after leaving the Bulls that didn't fit for him he's gone to Miami and it's been the perfect fit for him there and and he's flourished so if we ended up getting a player that hasn't fit in one or two different clubs and he comes to Chicago maybe Chicago will be the right fit for him and that could transform everything I don't know who that player would be but maybe that's the way it works out but if it doesn't and this just turns into a full rebuild I think to answer your question Reese, I think we could be looking at three to five years on top of the three to four years that we've already right. had. <sighs> yeah. I think it obviously as well, obviously remove Zach. What's to say it doesn't improve somebody that we've already got? That's I. true too. Kobe, P. Will. Whoever, you know, everyone says it is Demar that's holding them back. It could be Zach. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So it could be uh, could be a simple case of get one bad apple off the team and who knows, the rest may flourish. Never know. Probably not. But yeah. We can but hope. <laughs> so on to the Twitter questions. And we've got a few more on Twitter. Uh, first one is from Samadhi. Now Samadhi likes to likes to ask us questions all the time but they're a bit more on a personal 
level, <laughs> I guess, is the, the the right way to say it. And he said, "Will Neil and Matt be game time decisions for the next Bulls game? The fans need to know." Cheers from California with a cup of tea emoji. <laughs> <laughs> now, I imagine that's in on response to the fact that I was putting out um, injury reports for ourselves uh, yeah. over the weekend, basically to highlight the injury report that Bulls were putting out. Now, it's something that we've gone back and forth within it, really in our own heads with each other whatever it is and it's getting hard to get up at 12.30 1am whatever it happens to be we've said before none of us particularly sleep no but if I'm going to give up my sleep more than I do already I want to be able to enjoy what I'm watching and right now I'm just not enjoying it. Yeah. Um, last night's game was the one that very, very nearly stopped my streak of live tips, which I think is at about 212 now. Just quick flex. Um, <laughs> not me anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and it was because I leave my house at about half four in the morning on a Monday. So Sunday night, Monday morning games are crap for me at the best of times. Yeah. And I just kind of think to myself, why do I want to get up at this time to watch this shit show, basically? And I set two alarms all the time as well to make sure I'm up. The first one goes off and it makes me feel sick and I could launch my phone across the room. I then lay there in bed and think, I'm not getting up. Then the second one goes off and I think, you know what? I want to show a little bit of heart, a little bit of passion because at the end of the day, not many players on the Bulls team are doing it. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, in reply to Samadhi, I, I don't think it's going to be a game time decision. It'll be a decision that I've made throughout the day. Chances are I'm just going to be I'm going to be there. It's just, it's ingrained in me now. Um, as much as I don't want to be there, as he says, the fans need to know. And uh, <laughs> we can't let the fans down like the Bulls. So. Yeah. Um, f- for me, I think I kind of say that I might not bother just to make myself feel like I have the choice. <laughs> <laughs> but in all honesty, <laughs> I know full well, 12.30 tip, 1 o'clock tip, 2 o'clock tip, 3 o'clock tip, my alarm will go off if I'm asleep or I'll just have stayed up and I will watch the games. What I'm struggling with more than ever before, though, is staying awake and interested mm. in the games, especially the games that are dead in the water. Yeah. It's it's very very hard to at two o'clock in the morning, half one, whatever time it is in the morning, knowing you've got to get up and face the day in a few hours' time, and to stay focused and stay in the zone for the games more so than actually showing up at the start of the game for me anyway. 
but we're still there we're still hanging in there and as much as we might bitch and moan and say we're not going to be there i think to be honest with you if if we had the opportunity to uh, give each other enough stick the other person would show up anyway <laughs> yeah um you can probably tell from the tweets that come out from Red uk account the the mindset whilst watching these games anyway so yeah. Very little praise gets dished out and a lot of swear words and yeah, yeah say it as but it is. But this isn't the way we want to be when we're watching the games. We want to be no. enjoying them and praising the players and praising the team and enjoying it. Like it's so much more fun at that time <laughs> of the morning to be watching a good product on the floor. And unfortunately, that's just not what we have right now. And, you know, to coin a phrase, it is what it is. Yeah. So... The next one, not really a question, as as he says, and it's from Troy. Uh, Troy from Australia and the uh, Whole Lot of Bull podcast. If you haven't listened, go check him out. Um, and he basically puts, no question, just a statement. Fire Billy and capitals, blow it up. And kind of takes us into the next few questions, really. Like I said, very Billy heavy. Mm-hmm. Um I know Troy kind of flits between different ideas as as we all do, and obviously at the minute he's must be settling on fire Billy, mm-hmm. blow it up, all that sort of stuff. And the next question comes from Wayne in the group, uh, and it is: Is Billy the problem? And then he goes on to say, Billy keeps getting a pass with blame going on the players and front office. But surely it's his job to get the best from what he has. We're all screaming out for him to play the two-way guys, especially Phillips. But he sticks with the ten-man rotation. That is just not working. And yeah, basically what Wayne says there sums up my frustrations with Billy. And I've always mm-hmm. said it: the rotations and not going to the players that you know basically giving the other players a chance. Now, yeah. we did see, obviously, uh, Phillips briefly in that Toronto game. And, yeah, all right, he, he missed his shot when he took it. But he took it. He had the confidence to take it. His decision-making was spot on. And it's like we said in the last episode, play him. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way you're going to see what they get. Or get to see what they've got. And Yeah. If it doesn't work in that two minutes that you're putting him out there, let's say sit him next to Caruso, sit him next to DeRozan, let him talk it through with them. Then put him straight back out. But Billy doesn't. He gives them that one shift. And I don't think there's anybody that was disappointed with that shift from Phillips, apart from Billy, because he doesn't Mm -hmm. put him back out. Even in garbage time, didn't put him back out. And you just think, that's not developing him. And no. then obviously didn't feature last night, same as Dalen. I haven't seen anything as yet that says they're going back down to Windy City ahead of tomorrow's game. So whether they're going to sit on the bench against and watch Celtics basically destroy balls or go and actually get some minutes down with Windy City, who knows. Um, it's been a few days since we've had a tweet about them up and down. So Yeah. See, we were complaining we were getting him too much. Now we don't know where we are. <laughs> um, 
as for obviously is Billy the problem which was the first part of his question he's not the problem but he's a big part of the problem absolutely as you said earlier on this team is rotten to the core Mm -hmm. and Billy is part of that core Mm-hmm. As you've said as well, we've seen this thing of that Casey Johnson's put out, basically saying that front office and management love Billy, his job's pretty much safe, blah blah blah. You know, at the end of the day, it's not Billy that's bricking his threes. It's not Billy that's passing to Vooch's kneecaps. It's not Billy that's deciding not to drive to the rim. You know, it's not Billy that's telling the players to go back to what doesn't work. Mm. However, as Wayne says, the rotations sometimes don't work. His lack of wanting to play past that 10-man rotation is a Mm. problem. But then it's like I said to you the other day, I think it was on a, a Mark K tweet, where he was basically, I mean, we know he's a big Billy defender anyway. And he's saying that he is starting to to use his rotations. He's starting to move the players around and, you you know, but it's still that 10-man rotation. And it's like mm-hmm. I said to you, you can't build a jigsaw with broken pieces. And that's essentially what you're doing if you're, change, if you're using that same 10-man rotation. It's not working, whatever configuration of rotation you put together you know so don't use the same pieces basically try something different and I mean I know what the next few questions are going to be which is why I'm trying not to say too much about Billy Um, but yeah what's what do you think on is Billy the problem yeah I I 100% agree with what you said Billy is not the problem but he is a big part of the problem yeah and i mean to go back on to what troy said in, in his in his little kind of statement piece i'm i've not been a big fan of of blow it up i'm not a big fan of blow it up because it's slow it's you know it's it's hard to watch you have to go through some real lean lean stuff before you get to the good stuff again but i mean we're kind of going through that now anyway and it is rotten through the core. So maybe blow it up is a good idea. But the reality of that is that's not going to happen. It's not. So whether you want to see it blown up or whether you don't want to see it blown up, I think it's 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 not on the cards. It's not a possibility. It's, it's certainly not at this stage anyway. Yeah. Um. So in regards to Billy, like you say, we've got more coming on Billy anyway. But... um. Yeah, we we spoke about this briefly before. Um, Billy seems to have like a plan laid out for the game. And he doesn't seem to have that ability to deviate from the plan. And and that's all good and well if the plan's working. But if the plan isn't working, which it really isn't right now, you're kind of stuck if you can't make in-game changes and in-game decisions. Yeah, okay. My plan was to play Vooch for 32 minutes of the game today, but Vooch hasn't shown up today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play him for 24 minutes and I'm going to give the extra minutes 
to Drummond or I'm going to go small ball for a few minutes. Or, he doesn't. He doesn't seem to have that ability to make in-game changes and rotational changes that way, and and that's a problem for me with Billy. Yeah, and it obviously goes back to that tweet from Mark K. He is moving the pieces around. Yeah. But like you say, if Vooch isn't performing in them 36 minutes or whatever it is that you're giving him, don't give him the minutes. Mm. Move them around. You know, move them around in-game. And that, that's the bit that, like you say, he just can't seem to do or doesn't want to do or doesn't know how <coughs> to me. do. Yeah. So, obviously, the last two questions both come from Davy T, um, aka Georgie Bowles, and however many other names he's gone through on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I know that obviously Davy is a, a a long time listener and does does appreciate our our takes. So we appreciate the questions and. He was the first one to actually put the questions in. And the first one was, what team will Zach Levine be playing for at the end of the season? Now, Do you want me to answer that? I mean, we both answered it the same way before, didn't we, when we were chatting we about it. And yeah. the one team we can say he won't be playing for, Chicago it's Wolves. Chicago. What team will he be playing for? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, and, I guess that's the thing. We 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 were to, that's what we were talking about earlier on. The direction that this team takes is all centered on that first move with Zach. And right now, I don't know what direction Acme want to take this in, so it's very hard to predict where Zach will end up. Yeah, and I mean, I think we said it on the last episode as well. It's getting to a point where I don't particularly care what team he goes to, as long as it's the right move for Bulls. Right. You know, if Zach wants to go to Lakers, great. I don't like the offer that Lakers are giving or potentially mm-hmm. giving. I don't. Them, them players don't don't excite me. You know that is it Hutchino, whatever his name is. He'd be the yeah. young piece. Doesn't even play for Lakers, so he's not going to play for Bulls, is he? Personally, as I said before, I'd like to see Zach go out west. And look, if Zach ends up on a contender, fair play to him. I hope he goes and I hope he gets his ring. Um, I've got no ill feeling towards Zach over all this. You know, when Zach pulls on that or has pulled on that jersey in the past, he's given everything. You know, he's played through injuries. Mm -hmm. He's become an all-star blah, blah, blah. And I can't fault him for not wanting to be here anymore. Mm-mm. Especially when you start hearing that the team are taking calls. You know, the amount of loyalty that he's shown, why should he go through that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I do kind of want to see him go and have his chance somewhere else. But at the same time, if he ends up going to Pistons and we get somebody like Jaden Ivey, I'd take that over Zach getting his ring with Lakers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, in answer to the question, we don't know, but we both don't think it'll be Bulls. No, it won't be here anyway. Yeah. 
And then his second question, again, <laughs> we don't really know, but also, who will be Bulls head coach at the end of this season? And I think... I, I think I do we, know. Yeah, we both kind of said it, didn't we? It's yeah. Billy. Yeah, it's going to be Billy Donovan. Whether people like that or they don't like that, that all signs point to it being Billy Donovan. Still yeah. here at the end of the season. I mean, on that, just quickly before we finish off, if we were to get rid of Billy, would it change anything? with this current roster? That's a good question. Um, and I guess it, it's really, really, really hard to know because the talent, as we say, the talent is there. But is it the coach's fault that the talent aren't gelling? Or is it just that the chemistry just is not there on the floor? Because they get on off the floor by all accounts. But if it's not, if they're not gelling on the floor, I don't think it matters how many trips you take down to Nashville. It doesn't matter who's in charge of the team. If they can't put it together on the floor, it makes no odds. It makes no odds. The only thing is you might see a few more wins, but it wouldn't turn the season round or anything like that. Yeah, a few more wins because it's new. And you've got a new person, hopefully shouting as well, which <laughs> Billy doesn't tend to do. No. Well, then the other question would be, who is there? <laughs> who is there out there that we could get in? But that's the other because question, isn't it? All the coaches that were available went somewhere. I, th- I think there's only maybe Doc Rivers is there that's not gone somewhere. Can't remember now. Um, would you like Doc Rivers here? That's what I mean. Does he does he change anything? Well, he shouts, <laughs> you know. And if you bring somebody up, like is it uh, Chris Fleming, that mm. sort of Billy's assistant, mm-hmm. does that change anything? Because it's going to be the same schemes. Yeah, more or less, more or less, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I personally think that Billy's still going to be here. Um, changes. It's going to have to be player changes. And who yeah. knows? There might be fans of Billy, like Pat Bev. Yeah. You never know. Change <laughs> is good. Change is needed. Um, but speaking on the Billy thing, just to extend that a little bit further, I definitely, definitely don't see a change to the head coach position this season. Then the question was, who will be the head coach of the Chicago Bulls at the end of the season? And I think it'll be Billy. Now, if you were to extend that past the summer and ask me who's going to be the head coach of the Chicago Bulls next season, there's a possibility for change at that stage. If this season continues to freefall the way it is, and if we really do end up with a Fred Hoiberg or Tim Floyd type season, um, then they're going to have to look at changing up the coaching position, I think. But the off-season is the idle time to make a coaching change. That's yeah. when you know what availability is there with other coaches as well and what changes you can potentially make. So I think if this does continue to fall the way it's fallen, we could potentially see a head coach change coming into next season. 
but it's very hard to talk about next season and get excited about what could happen next season when we're only in November and this season's <laughs> falling apart already. Yeah. So, speaking of change, predictions <laughs> for the next, well, I've put down the next four games um, because we just don't know when we're going to be recording next. We're both quite busy with work and stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously, change comes without a first first one, which is Celtics tomorrow night or tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Um, now, we both predicted an L last time. Mm-hmm. Things have slightly changed for Celtics. Um, Mazingas is out. Drew Holiday's missed the last couple of games. Does that change your mind? Obviously, it is our last in-season tournament game as well. Right, Everything so... To not play for. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. So the in-season tournament means absolute zip to this team now, apart from the fact that it is a regular season game as well. It meant something so, to Raptors, though. Yeah, it meant something to every team we've been playing against in the in-season tournament. Yeah, but it tournament. meant Raptors needed them extra points, which right. frustrated Demar. So, yeah. Even though they was out. Uh, yeah. But at this stage, <laughs> at this stage, I mean, this means nothing to the Bulls, right? Not that it ever looked like it meant anything to them anyway. No. But, um, yeah, so in-season tournament, I don't think that, that tips the scale any bit. But we're playing the Celtics. Okay, they're missing Paul Zingas and they're missing Holiday. But, no, I don't. I, now, we, we compete quite well against the Celtics ordinarily. But um, no, I'm not changing my mind. This is an L. This is an L coming. Yeah, you kind of think with Pozingas being out that Vooch could cook. But I wouldn't Vooch... trust him to make me scrambled eggs right now. I was going to say, Vooch hasn't even... I don't even think he knows how to light the, the stove at the minute, does he? He's just... The fire is out. Yeah. So yeah, um, I haven't changed. I'm saying an L. Mm-hmm. And then they come back home for a game later on in the week against Milwaukee, who currently sit twelve and five, mm-hmm. having already beaten us pretty convincingly once this mm-hmm. season. <sighs> what are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying that I'm going to throw out my little flex again. I saw Yanis play a few weeks ago, and he looked bad and scored 30 points. It doesn't matter how bad Yanis plays, he still gets the numbers. And when you when he's going up against a turnstile that's off its hinges, like Vooch is right now, I don't think we have a hope. I don't think we have a hope against Milwaukee right now. Not playing the way we're playing. Yeah. And last night, I think Brook Lopez went for 30 points as well. Yeah. Brook Lopez Portland. went for 30 points. And as we know, Brook Lopez... Cooks Vooch every time we play. Yeah. So I'll go with an L just to keep on trend. Mm-hmm. We then got Pelicans uh, at the weekend who are currently nine and eight. I'm going with an L because. I'd love to say that this is the one we win. But I, I can't. No. Because they've got Jonas Valanciunas. Who cooks Vooch? (laughs) 
Anybody spotting a trend here? <laughs> <laughs> and then, just because we don't know when we're going to be back, we've got books again next week. Who have Revenge got Brooke game. But books have got Brooke Lopez, who books Rooch. Uh-huh. So I'm going with an L. I can't disagree. I can't disagree <laughs> with you. This is the scary thing. Like We've got four games coming up before we potentially record again. Maybe or maybe not. But either way, we've got four games coming up. And all four games look like losses. All four of them. Yeah. And I think I said it on the last one. I can't see it changing. And our record mm. is eventually going to end. I mean, what are we now? Five and 13? We're by the time we next record, we could be 5-17. and 17. That is a scary prospect, but unfortunately, it is potentially a reality with this team right now. I mean, even if, on that very, very slim opportunity, we win all four, we're still going to be 9-13. and 13. Yeah. Which isn't going to happen, by the way. Nah. So, yeah, uh, just quickly to finish off, uh, Windy City play Mad Ants tomorrow uh it's 11 p.m tip for us here in the uk again i think it's only available on espn plus which is really starting to piss me off at the minute because i actually <laughs> want to watch it yeah, yeah i'd rather get or stay up to watch that and then go to bed before celtics mm. destroy bulls but yeah um obviously we will bring updates as and when on uh windy city because they've got some good players that actually look like they want to play basketball and know how to play basketball. <laughs> so, yeah. You went. <laughs> uh, that's it, I think. Uh, like I say, we don't know when we're going to be back. Um, maybe gone a little bit longer with it being the mailbag, but yeah, at least, uh, at least we're showing up. True. And a big thank you to everybody that sent in questions. We appreciate Absolutely. each and every one of you. Um, hopefully you uh, enjoy our answers, even though some of them were a little bit vague because we just we just can't get our finger on the pulse of this team right now. Yeah. And I'm kind of assuming the fact that you've asked us them questions means you don't know yourself and you're arguing mm. in your own head like <laughs> we spend most of our lives. So, <laughs> yeah. As you said, thanks everyone who sent them in. Um, thanks for listening. I've just remembered we did have some from Easy, but oh yeah, do you uh, want to throw those out because they were quite good actually? Yeah, um, it's because this all over the place. These messages, uh, right? Yeah. So, welcome back. Um, got some questions <laughs> from Easy. <laughs> now, Easy, if anyone doesn't follow, spent last week in Chicago enjoying himself despite this shit show. And he's asked four questions. And the first one is, who will be our next coach? Right. I have no <laughs> clue. No. Um, that's, that's me being straight up. Um, I haven't delved into it to see what kind of availability may be there. But like I say, I don't expect it to be this season. It will be for next season if it changes. So, I'd have to look at which coaches become available in the summer before I could answer that. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, as we said sort of with uh, Davy's question, 
you got Doc Rivers, Mike Budenholzer. No, you know, you know he couldn't. Know. You know he had Yanis and won one title. Do you know what I mean? It's and then this. I take one title right now, though. I'd take Yanis as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like you said, I think you have to just wait and see who becomes available as and when, and if the move has to be made, then they make it then. Uh, second question: How to be finally successful in a rebuild? Make the right moves, I guess. Um, it, it's it's all about Acme pulling the right strings, um, making the right con moves, and getting back better than what we give out. Or at least, when I say better, it doesn't necessarily have to be more talented, but more fitting to the scheme, more fitting to the to the squad. Um, it all comes down to the right moves being made um, in order to make this successful. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we thought the last rebuild was going to be successful. That's true. And It, it almost was. For 35 games, it was. Mm. <laughs> and then it fell apart. Yeah. Uh, question three. Did AK trick us? And I'd now, that is an interesting question. Um, and at the moment, it kind of does look like they uh, they pulled the wool over our eyes a bit. You know, um, the old smoke and mirrors seems to have seems to have worked, but the smoke is fading, and uh, everyone's beginning to realise something needs to be done because it didn't work. It hasn't worked, and. Acme, unfortunately, are the, they're, you know, AK and, and Mark are the ones that are standing there left with egg on their face because they're the ones that made the moves that haven't worked. Yeah, and I mean, for me, the moves did work, but not all together. You know, mm. you brought in Lonzo. You know, Lonzo was fantastic. He didn't know he was going to go down with this injury. No. So you can't put that on AK as much as you want to. Vooch ultimately now looks like it's not worked. Mm-hmm. Um, of the, the whole trade. Damar can't knock anything Damar has done in a Bulls jersey. So yeah. that worked. Caruso currently our best player. That one worked. So somewhere along the line it didn't work. And well, they certainly haven't drafted particularly well. Yeah, that's the one the one thing that I can't trust AK to do is draft. Mm. And we've seen that with every draft pick basically. I'd say the one that they've got right is Io right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that is it. Possibly well, and hopefully Julian Phillips. My guy. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah. And the last one from Easy. Uh, any players to bet on? I love Suggs and Isaac. Now, I don't know if that's in regards to Zach trade or players we'd like to see come in somehow with trades or what. Yeah. 
you know, obviously, the only way we're going to get any sort of player is through trades. And going back to the Zach one, like we said, Jaden Ivey, we'd both love him at Bulls. Yeah, uh, I liked the look of the potential one to Charlotte, including Brandon Miller coming back our way. Just because, you know, he's a, what was it, third? No, second overall pick. Second, second. You know, not that it worked for P. Will, been number four, but, you know, um, if you're going to get something, it's to me, that young piece has got to be someone like that. Um, I mean, obviously, there's players around the league I'd love to see come in, but realistically, probably not going to. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's got to be a bit of a punt and they either get lucky or they don't. Um, because if, if you try and get an established player right now that's already looking like they have a huge upside and playing well, then you're probably not going to be able to get them. No. Do you know, um, what kind of a package are you going to have to put together in order to get them back? And then you've got to make up the difference then in the salaries as well. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough one to make work. But like you say, someone like Brandon Miller, who hasn't shown his full potential yet, but still has that potentially high ceiling, is someone worth p- putting your your stock into and seeing does it pan out or does it not? If it works out, everybody praise the Lord, Acme got it right. But if it doesn't work out, everybody be baying for their blood. So I mean, they're kind of they're stuck that way. They have to take a punt at some point and they're either going to get lucky or they're not. And and a lot of it comes down to, to luck and a lot of it comes down to good scouting. But um, I think at this stage, with the way their hands are tied to a certain degree, they need a bit of luck. Yeah. So, yeah, that does round off the uh, the mailbag. Uh, apologies, easy, but we did get you in. Um, Yeah, so, as I say, I don't know when we're going to be back. Possibly this week, probably next week, but... Well, you know, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll hear about it when we do come back. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks everyone for your questions. And as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK, and you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And you can find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK. On behalf of both Matt and myself and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. We do ask you, please, if you can, do subscribe, rate and review and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. It does help us to keep providing you with this content. From us both, do remember it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever in the world you are supporting this team. And until next time, see red people and go Bulls. Percolator. It's time for the percolator. Percolator.